Salutations, everybody. It is Maddie here today with episode 148 of the Ham Radio Podcast. Oh, man. We went over this, fellas. <laughs> Hi, um, I'm Basil, a.k.a. Crazy Herb, and uh, you can check me out. I have a YouTube channel where I do gaming, very inconsistently gaming videos called youtube.com backslash crazy herb. Cool. I'll have that linked in the description down below. I believe we have Hi, James uh, going next. Yeah. Uh, hey, everyone. My name is James. I'm just uh, a cool patron guy. I do game development for like as an indie dev, but uh, I'm not talking about that. It's just not ready. But you know, I just thought I'd throw that out there, depending on how the conversation goes. I, I mainly do like the art side and animation, but I have a pretty uh, wide knowledge of all the different game development talk- topics. Awesome. And last but certainly not least. What's up? My name's Lee. Um, patron guest as well. Um, I like video games. I'm a big <laughs> Yeah, Lee's yeah. back again. Um, we had a podcast with him a couple of months ago, but this is a full-on patron podcast. Like I said, you know, this is stuff we're going to be doing way more. Uh, there were just some time conflictions this week, so Carrick won't be joining us. He's got other podcasts to tend to, and uh, we had to do this one earlier. Right now, this is a morning podcast, which we have never done on this show before, so we are making history this week. Hey, man. Just eh. for me, bro. <laughs> Just finished work. Yeah, right. That was yeah. Everyone was so clutch in the Discord. They're like, "Yeah, let's do this, man." So that was awesome. That's really helpful, and uh, it's great to have. I love when people like step up. So if you want to be a uh, part of the podcast, feel free to support the Patreon, and you'll have a chance to join the show at some point in the coming weeks. And now, with all of that mumbo jumbo out of the way, let's talk about the first bit of news that came out yesterday as we record this Thursday: Geralt of Rivia in Soul Calibur Six. That was quite the surprise. I know they teased it a little bit. People had a feeling it was coming. Some fans speculated he was going to be in Smash, which I was like, please, God, no. no but uh, what do you guys generally feel about this? Um, whoever would like to go first. I don't mind go first because I'm currently replaying The Witcher. Okay. Like, third time because I wow. love it to death. And I don't know. I'm glad I am playing it again because I do love it, but mm-hmm. it's so time consuming. I'm. I've got other games to play. Anyway, when I finally watched the trailer this morning, actually, and uh, they, they have done him quite quite well and just like justice wise, like, he, look, he looks great. Um, don't tend to buy fighting games as much these days because I don't tend to reap the full value and benefits of them, but mm-hmm. yeah, full price. Just because I feel like I'll play the single player, beat that, and then get my ass kicked in the multiplayer. <laughs> Sounds like me and Dragon Ball at first. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But I mean, nah, it, it does look really good. And yeah, I love The Witcher. So Awesome. What about you, Basil? Um, so yeah, I saw that and I'm like also a huge fan of The Witcher. I I re I played it twice now and I want to do a third replay. Um on the X it's just like absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um my brother also is like he's on his fourth replay and it's the only game he plays. Like, he literally, he'll play, like, Mario Kart. Like, with, like he'll do some split-screen stuff. But the only game he plays on his own is The Witcher. Um, so, like, when I, and I saw that trailer and how well they kept, like, because I was, like, I've never really seen a fighting game where they had a guy use a sword, like, the way The Witcher does. And I think they look like they kind of nailed that pretty well. Who does that? So, like, like that actually sold me on the game. Because, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, I'm not a giant fighting game guy. I like to play them with my, my brothers and, um... They're fun. Like the last one I played was Mortal Kombat X. Um, I, I, Carrick always goes on about how good Injustice Two is, so I'm probably gonna get that eventually. But um, but uh, yeah, that uh, sold me on the game. 
Yeah, because Karak like likes grinding for the all the armor parts in in the Injustice Two, and I, I don't know how he did it. And he maxed out all the characters on twenty. I was just like, dude, <laughs> I hope that game's in your game. It was in your game of the year list because you played that a lot. And uh, what about you, James? What do you feel about Geralt of Rivia joining the Soul Calibur roster? I think it's a it's pretty cool. It's a good fit too, uh, especially mm-hmm. with the the art styles. Um, I'm not even a huge Witcher fan, but I would have never really considered Soul Calibur, even though I don't. I don't really buy fighting games on PC. I used to play them a lot when I played on console, but it, it definitely makes me at least consider the I think of the game now. Like I'm like, oh, that's cool. So Soul Calibur is like in my mind now, whereas it wouldn't have been before. And I'm not even a huge Witcher fan, but uh, I actually I have the audiobooks. I, I don't play the game as much. I like the you know the whole story and the lore and the characters, but um, you know, and I, I saw the you know the actual trailer and it looks like they did like they really captured like the way he moves and his abilities it seems it just seems like it's a good fit you know i'm i'm pretty happy with that i think it's cool absolutely i, th- I thought it was a good fit too um and it got me thinking though what other guest characters could be in soul caliber or future games i mean we've seen these crazy ones like ninja turtles and injustice and they did really well with them i've been testing them out a little bit lately uh when i got back from canada and it was it was awesome so do you guys have any any ideas of characters that might jump, that could possibly jump in the Soul Calibur? I know they do more than one guest character, or just a yeah. fighting game series in general, because you know, every fighting game's got their own DNA. So it's like, yeah. you guys have any cool little ideas that come to mind? I've got a few. Uh, away. All right, so you know, I know you guys are all Bethesda focused. So I mean, why not the Dragonborn? Like you know, the mm-hmm. typical, the typical Nord one from the trailers, and that's <laughs> the one that you know, that's the one that Bethesda use in all their promotional stuff. So people would recognize it. That and then you know, it could be a more melee focused character, and then have a couple shouts for like the special abilities, you mm-hmm. know. And so I, you know, that would be a pretty good fit. Although, I mean, Skyrim's still always relevant. So I mean, they could put it in any time, and it'd probably be newsworthy. Uh, but then also, I was thinking, you know any star wars character you know obviously if you really like thought about it they'd be too op but for the sake of a game you know it could be just a fun little thing to have like darth maul show up or something they did that in uh four they did yoda and uh okay yeah well yeah any star wars character fit especially with all the movies and stuff they could throw like ray or someone in there Mm -hmm. you know because it's super relevant now still yeah i like the idea that because i've thought to myself the Dragonborn, that was, like, one of my ideas. I thought, like, you know, imagine if they added him in because, um, you know, he could have, like, different styles. I don't know how the game's actually going to be structured. We have we have very little details on Soul Calibur Six. It's just characters. But if it was almost like a Mortal Kombat 10 where you have, like, three different styles of fighting, having a Dragonborn character would be really interesting because it, it could work for the, the Witcher as well with all the different signs you have access to and the play styles yeah. you can tackle the game with. So they, they, they look like they've done them very well, though. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I imagine it'd have to be a very melee focus for the most part to mm-hmm. be in that type of game, uh, which is why Geralt's a good fit because he's, you know, his magic is kind of a side thing that he does. Mm-hmm. But I mean, with the Dragonborn, you know, they probably wouldn't be like pure spell casting. But I mean, yeah. the, there's there's definitely enough variety with the shouts to have just some like little one off abilities. Yeah, like, that type of character. Like a quick foos and then like an uppercut. I, I, I can see it, yeah. man. It, it would fit so well. I mean, but the, da- the dash juggle. one, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to think of maybe like uh, Neo. Okay. Or the, 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 yeah, but that was a PS exclusive game. But, mm. Well, actually, they brought it to PC in the end, didn't they? Didn't yes, Neo has a horrible PC port for what I heard. Uh, <laughs> um, I think it was, it was great. I was in Soul Calibur. He was in a fighting game. It might have been All Stars. 
Was he in Mortal Kombat? Or mm. I know he was in a fighting game. But then now Kratos, would he have the chains of Olympus or this new new axe? Mm. They'd probably give him yeah. the new axe. Yeah, the new version of him. I yeah, just I, feel like PlayStation's going to have an exclusive character. They, they, I feel like yeah. that's always been a Soul Calibur thing. You got an exclusive character for every I mean, platform. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty easy well, to play. Like, but then she's more both. So. Yeah, for Xbox, I mean, it'd be pretty simple. You have Master Chief or like Marcus Phoenix. Um, but yeah. Yeah, because like, I, I was thinking Aloy for sure. I thought as a PlayStation exclusive character, you know, because she's got the spear for up close, but then she's got the bow. So many different types of ammunition and special moves, and she slides, she's nimble, so she could be like a, a, a quick mix-up character. I think they could do her really well. And I wouldn't be surprised if they they added her in. It just seems like the that, right fit. Yeah, well, she, we I mean, we know they're okay with using her, right? Because she's in Monster Hunter, isn't she? True. Or is so yeah. like we know yeah. she, we know they're okay with pimping her out. Who else was it? Who else just got put into Monster Hunter? It's like Dante or yeah, yeah, Devil May Cry. Yeah. Yeah, that, that game got a huge update. They added like a new. They're adding a new monster. They're adding a springtime thing. New weapons. They're balancing weapons. Uh, yeah. Well, who, who's the new Assassin's Creed character? Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. That's that's not, not bad. Yeah, definitely. Good oh, they could do back to Bethesda. They could do um B J Blazkowicz or Doom Guy. Mm, that would be interesting. The Doom they're, Guy. They're, their own smash game kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm waiting. That would be hilarious, dude. <laughs> be hilarious. I, I'm literally waiting for them to do that. We, my friend, never and I, we've talked about it for years now. That uh, and Quake Champions kind of slowly becoming that with adding the Doom Marine and BJ. Where yeah. where we're just thinking, Bethesda's acquiring so many IP. They're all relatively popular or have a name for themselves. And I could just see them making a mobile like Heroes of the Storm for yeah. all their IP. Like it, it just would make sense. But uh, they're yet to pull the trigger on that. But regardless, you know, see, if they did a oh, never mind. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to talk about The Witcher Three in general because you guys are talking about like your multiple playthroughs, and I'm sitting here like I played it once. My third playthrough, I'm still doing some even the main stories differently than the quests. Like I did wow. uh, one of the the mission with Dandelion, and mm-hmm. it, it branches out and keeps branches out. Does depending on what you do. Like I, I think the last time i did it it ended at a certain point this time i was like i just said it differently and it wasn't mm-hmm. to say it was one person that you tried to frame but it wasn't even him it was like a higher vampire it's just it's just, it's just nuts man yeah. like i just because for me my biggest issue with that game was the middle part i felt uh was so weak uh, in novigrad i just i literally thought it was and i know there are people be out there who would just powerfully disagree but it, yeah it, it, it can be a bit fetchy i suppose it, like, it yeah. lost my attention so bad like i remember i dropped the game for a couple of weeks to play batman arkham and then i came back and i grinded it out and, and, and oh. i enjoyed it but it was just like that middle part is what always pushes me away it's like i love the beginning like everyone loves the bloody baron i think and mm-hmm. for me it's like the middle part um i just felt it wasn't a part of the the main quest and you know think, finding Siri. With the middle part, I think I'd always tended to do a lot of the others before I went... Because you kind of grind to go to Skelliger a bit, aren't you? From what I can think of. Because it's sort of before you go there. So I yeah. tend to end doing all the loads of Witcher contracts and all that. And mm. I do get what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, I that's the thing. It's, it's still a masterful game. <laughs> it's still a gold standard. But, like, 
that's the thing with video games that I think a lot of us don't realize, and I just did it right there, is, like, you can have one of the best games ever, and, like, they still have something, right? Like, I love KOTOR. I think it's the best nope. game ever made, but I think it's gameplay. Little... Yeah, no game is perfect. <laughs> exactly. There's some people that doesn't that don't like Elder Scrolls, but like Fallout. So mm-hmm. they the same same people that probably wouldn't like The Witcher, and you can't argue with it, I suppose. But absolutely. Uh, See, so yeah, I actually, um, confessions aside, uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Fallout. I'm a bigger Elder Scrolls fan. Okay. Um, uh, which is like a uh, kind of funny because I mean I like your stuff a lot, which is why I'm Patreon. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. There's something about like the blandness of Fallout that just stops me from playing it, like the color palette. Mm-hmm. Um, Fallout Four did it a little bit better, but like Fallout Three and stuff, I just I can't play it for more than like 20 minutes before I'm like, this is just like so dry color wise. Mm-hmm. I know that's like intentional, you know, it's post apocalyptic wasteland. Yeah, but it it's kind of a barrier for me. Whereas like games like The Witcher or or Zelda have like a much more color, and it just I don't know that just draws me into those games Mm -hmm. see for me like what would break that barrier down because i get you because i i i didn't like fallout 3 i hated it when i first played it i've told this story a million times but like for me then i went and i I played oblivion i loved it it was it's one of my favorite games ever to this day and i was like i need to play more bgs games it was as simple as that so that's kind of what broke down the barrier because i knew i was going to love whatever was in fallout 3 because i love what bgs does and that that's kind of what got me over the hump. So I, it, it's kind of amazing. Like when Lone tells me, uh, you know, I've hardly played Skyrim. I'm like, dude, you have like one of their best games just yeah. sitting there unplayed, and you will not dive in for the adventure. I just I find that so crazy. But um, I think that shows how much I really enjoy their titles. If anything, I'm actually the same. Like as far as as far as the uh, well, I guess for Witcher, I haven't really. I've got like seven hours in it, so I haven't really played a whole bunch of it, but. Just from what I was playing of it, I could just I could see it. I was like, okay, I I see, I see what they're doing, and I appreciate like the writing, especially. I was like, you know, like they're putting a lot of effort into this where other games don't. And even just the way I really did it more just for like research. I was just kind of looking around how they did things. I was like staring at the the grass and stuff, and like looking at different angles and seeing how things change, like weird stuff. But like just the way they design everything, it's it's a lot more thought out than most of the open world games are. Um, I mean, Carrick does his walk in the walk stuff. If you watch that video on the the Witcher, you definitely see a lot of that stuff. But yeah. beyond the same way with with it comes to the Elder Scrolls, uh, you know, like Skyrim is the one I play the least, not for any like particular reason, but I guess I think part of it's because it's the third one I've played like that, so it's a little bit less special mm-hmm. since I've had that experience before, you know, multiple times at that point. But uh, as far as you guys were talking about, like Fallout Three and New Vegas in particular, they kind of had a disadvantage as far as you know the the visuals go, just because it's you know in Oblivion it's like the same render quality, but there's a lot more trees and stuff to kind of catch your eye. But there's just in those Fallout games, it's mostly just terrain and then the few like buildings and stuff. Like mm-hmm. there's not a whole lot of trees, and and back then they couldn't even really cast shadows on most of their objects. So like you know there's no shadows. There's like nothing breaking up that color. Whereas at least in Fallout Four, they have like the shadows and they have like the the god rays and stuff yeah. whereas you know those other games didn't have that so they they really they look a lot more bland because of that but i mean new vegas is that's probably my favorite out of all of them and i only started playing that a couple years ago or actually no this year i only started playing that this year because a friend gifted it to me and i just dove into it i was like oh shit like yeah. this is crazy you got a lot of hours putting that i was right. gonna say welcome to a endless cycle yeah. of replaying the main story <laughs> yeah well you mean if you can play it four times i mean 
yeah, four yeah. times and side quests end differently and certain ones pop up based on decisions. It's it's great. It's um that's actually ridiculous. I, I that you're not ridiculous in a bad way, but it's like crazy no. to hear someone saying like, "Oh, I'm playing New Vegas for the first time in 2018." I love that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I I don't know what it was. I guess wherever I was in whatever year that stuff came out, I guess I was in like middle school or early high school. Mm-hmm. Like I played Fallout 3. I, I played a, a decent amount of Fallout 3 for the, like, the average gamer, I guess. I, I didn't like do everything in the game, but I guess I guess I saw New Vegas as I almost thought it was a DLC or something. I just never, I don't know, it just, it just never caught my eye. Yeah. And then later, one of my friends who's like, you know, huge in RPGs, he's like, you've got to play this. And he just like gave it to me. And I was like... <laughs> Okay, then like I literally didn't touch it. For, I still didn't play it for like a year and a half, and then I was like just bored one day. I was like, "What games do I have to play?" And I was like, "Let me just load this shit up." And I just played it vanilla, and I was like, "Oh, I get it now." <laughs> you know, hey, Maddie, so- something that might uh, make you smile. You talked about playing New Vegas in 2018. I'm playing Kotor for the first time. All right, there we go. Let's go. Round of applause. How are you liking it? Um, I like it a lot, except for for some reason it crashes at the cutscenes. Um, and then I, it doesn't crash, sorry, like, it just, like, minimizes, and then I have to, like, click on it, put it back oh, up, yeah. and then it'll, like, play the cutscene, then minimize again, and I have to click on it, put it back up. Yeah. But other than that, I'm really enjoying the story, the voice acting, I didn't expect it to be as good as it is, mm-hmm. as it is for, like, as old of a game it is. Yeah, old Bioware um, titles, and they, they had, they were a step ahead, always. Well, how yeah. far are you? Uh, ten hours in, I just got off Terrace. Okay, okay, cool, so... All right, yeah, like you're just getting to the the good stuff. I'd say like after uh, Dantooine is when it really like gains steam, because you could argue that game has a slower start, but there's something special about Terrace. It's like the ideal place to start it all off. But yeah, I mean, I I liked it for for kind of like getting you used to the way the game runs and like the kind of like NPCs around and learning a little bit about the world and. I yeah. like the designs on a lot of stuff, even though you know it's like old graphics, like like the droids and stuff have very unique and interesting designs like but you can still tell they're star wars mm-hmm. yeah that's true i've never thought of it that way that the, the art style and, and and the game itself you see it's star wars even though it's so different from star wars but that's very interesting you pointed that out learn something new about your favorite games every day <laughs> anyway let's uh let's move on over to some tomb raider so there was like a tease and then some people looked at the elements i believe it was on the website Foreshadowing the Tomb Raider, and we found out this game is dropping in September. Now, I- I'll be the first to admit, um, I think this is just the type of game. It's really not the game itself, but I'm not like an Uncharted fan, and I'm not a fan really of the Tomb Raider games. So, are you guys excited for this? Not I, really. I mean, I'm a, I like the Uncharted games a lot, um, and I enjoyed the last two Tomb Raider games. I thought the first one was better, but... um. I I they're a game I rent the Tomb Raider ones are I rent them I play them and and just because they're a really cool graphical showcase and the stories are usually pretty entertaining to me um I love like those type of Indiana Jones type stories with like you know archaeology and ancient artifacts um but yeah those uh I'll probably end up renting it um unless they I mean with how games are nowadays I'm sure they'll have some like crazy multiplayer element to it that has tons of microtransactions um but uh i don't know i'm not like over the moon or anything but it's a game i'll be like oh yeah i'll probably rent that after like all the other games that come out this year (laughs) yeah 
I mean, I just got to look at Tomb Raider and go, like, what's with you guys releasing near really big games? Like, a month later is, is oh, Red Dead, right? And it's and yeah. last time they released Tomb Raider, it was the same day as Fallout 4. It's like, do you guys want this series <laughs> to succeed? Well, I think uh, I think this is probably a big deal, the deal with the movie. Like, the fact that they have a movie this year, they're like, mm-hmm. Tomb Raider, I think they think that people will, it will be in people's minds more, so they, like, push the game out the same year the movie comes out. That's actually, terrible. the movie actually came out today. I didn't even know that. I like looked it up yeah. when we were when I saw this topic on the podcast. But like, I don't know. I mean, I haven't. Sorry. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. use the trend of not good video game movies. I mean, it's. I'm shocked. I don't know. I mean, it's it was sitting at 50. So I mean, it could go either way, depending on what you're into as far as what you watch. But. I'll probably see it just for a date night, just something to go do. Mm-hmm. But uh, I mean, I was just kind of I'm surprised they're still making that type of game, like the Tomb Raider game specifically. Like when I talk to like my gamer friends and when I hear people talk online about stuff, you know, they're like, oh, have you seen this game trailer? Or, oh, this game's going to come out. It's you something like an Anthem or a PUBG or like the Hunt Showdown or so- something like that. You never I never hear anyone be like, oh, uh, I wonder what they're doing. If they're going to drop a Tomb Raider this year, you know, like yeah, no one I right. know ever says anything like that. It's never in the speculation. Uh, and I think, and I think the people that will try it will probably be more like you know, like he was saying, like I'll rent it, you know, or you know, it's. I just I'm surprised they're still making that move. I guess they just have a IP. They figure they might as well try. Mm-hmm. Do you think there's no chance they go down the exclusive route or the time exclusive route? This yeah? no, I don't think so either. They already, they already announced that it's just it's going to come to PC, PlayStation, and Xbox on day one. So okay. it's a uh, yeah. There we go. That's, that's big for them. So, but then again, you look at like Titanfall versus Titanfall Two, and you're like, yeah. oh yeah, that that game will completely outperform Titanfall One, and it somehow doesn't. Had the same problem though, where it released in between two huge releases. It's like mm. EA kind of screwed that one over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's got to be hard to predict too. I mean, because you got to decide the stuff years in advance, and I guess they don't always not everyone always has the ability to just postpone something six months. You know, if they're trying to make money for a certain quarter to like get their profits up for that quarter, you know, they don't want to postpone it six months because then they don't get any of that money for the quarter, you know, and it looks really bad when they go to like their investors and stuff. What was it? Days Gone? I mean, it's a rumor. It may or may not be true, but like that it was delayed because of um, Red Dead Redemption 2. I would be surprised. This fall, and then they're like, nope, it's coming out in 2019 because... uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, nobody wants to mess around with that. I mean, especially because they're also like a realistic game, so it's like... Yeah, it's an open world um, type game. Like, it's just zombies instead of, you know, out west and stuff. But, um, yeah, it does have some similarities. I mean, even though, like, what was it? Call of Duty's releasing for the first time ever in October. Like, early October. Um, So, there's another game that may or may not have been affected because of Red Dead Redemption 2. It's kind of interesting to see that. Like, mm-hmm. the whole after that is going to be dominated by them. Yeah, because Call of Duty usually is a November game, right? So it's, it's always it's, it's very interesting to see it release a week before Red Dead. You know, it's clear that they're like, let's get our money in first. So I'm wondering what's going to release after Red Dead. Like, you know, part right. of the fun of the holiday season is all the games you can get for Christmas, and, and all of a sudden, like, they're all going to try to get them out by September. In early October, uh, right? It, it's going to be interesting to see. Like, it, will people go a month later and be like, "Okay, we'll release our games at the end of November." Like, we'll give them Red Dead some time to breathe, and then we'll put our game out. Or will we be like, we'll put ours at the beginning of um 
September or something, just keep that like cushion between Red Dead. Everyone's scared of what Red Dead will do and all that stuff. And yeah. I kind of, I think that everyone's kind of like hooked hooked on the idea of how much GTA Five did, and just assuming Red Dead will do the same. And I'm not 100% sure because one of the things GTA Five was able to do is you know get that get that mainstream audience, not just the gamers, but just people in general. Always, you know, like it, it reaches out to like every type of community, like every, you know, all these different age groups, all these different ethnicities. Whereas I don't think Red Dead could necessarily do, necessarily do that because it's GTA five is like alternate life. Like anyone can relate to that and be like, Oh, I can go do some crazy stuff in there. But you know, Red Dead, I'm sure it, obviously it's got a lot of hype and the gamers are definitely going to be looking at it. But I, I don't think like, your average, you know, person who's not even really a gamer, who might have a system and then just have like GTA or something, you know, is going to look at Red Dead and actually notice it because I I didn't even know Red Dead existed when I was you know, you know, playing you know in middle school and or whenever that first one came out. Uh, I think it might have been not on my console at the time. I'm not sure if that was an exclusive to one of the consoles or not. Uh, maybe I might be wrong about that. But PC did it. I think there was something, there was something they couldn't do. I don't, I don't know what it was. No, I was I was on consoles at the time. But I, I, the fact is, just like it didn't reach that mass media spread that no. GTA no, did no, back no, then. You know, so I, I think it's it's kind of surprising. That I think everyone's assuming it will this time. You know, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, what I will say, like sort of countering just a little bit there um is you didn't hear about red dead one when it came out when you're in middle school but the way the like media works now it's like i mean i i wasn't i hadn't played any gta game before gta 5 um and i'm like uh, the point i'm trying to make is when the marketing thing kind of gets up for red dead it's gonna be everywhere like, yeah, yeah. I mean, be, uh, you won't be able to watch a YouTube video without a Red Dead ad playing. It's going to be on all the that comes out in the fall, so it'll be on all the football games. It'll be on sports games trailers. It's going to be huge all over yeah. the the Xbox and the PlayStation stores, and probably in the home. Like now, you you could be right, and there might there prob there's definitely not as much interest in it. I don't think as a GTA Six or something, but um. I do think, like, compared to the first Red Dead, it's going to do, like, like exponentially more mm-hmm. um, just because of how, like, monumentally huge GTA V is. Yeah, I think, like, they're going to push it more than they did the other one. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's true. But I still don't – I don't think it's going to reach that super mass appeal to, like, the people who aren't even really people who play games. Like, I, I went to a party one time in college and someone was just playing GTA at a party. You know, like, no one's going to be doing that with Red Dead, I don't think. Yeah, I just yeah. I think of it this way: it all boils down to what's offered in the multiplayer mode. That's really what made GTA Five what it is. It gave it all its longevity because they didn't support it for the single player stuff. And so I just feel like if they add a new twist on a battle royale mode, that's all they need to really drive the game home and have a bunch of people buy it. Um, so I, I think it's it can be as simple as that. <clears throat> like, like there's a decent yeah. amount of interest now, and we hardly know anything about the game. I don't even think we know. Yeah, like we, I, I well, think the way we get information has changed too. Like with the true. social media and everything, like everything gets the that viralness didn't really exist before the way it does now. So true. I mean, it's yeah, but but also because of that, things can look bigger and more exciting than they actually are. Yeah, which has definitely. happened with other games. I don't think that's the case for Red Dead, but it's still worth mentioning. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's <laughs> it's kind of we just we started talking about Rockstar and yeah. everyone was afraid of it. I mean, I I just think it's 
I, I'm just curious to see, just keep, maybe everyone should just keep in the back of their minds, like, remember, come back to this and think, you know, like, it might not do what everyone assumes it's going to do. Mm-hmm. Like, everyone just see, they, they think it's just going to mirror what GTA did. And I think what GTA did was very unique to GTA, then, I think. Sorry, but then if, if, if developers do think that, then technically they can't release their games within five years of, of, of it because GTA is still top ten and all yeah, that. Well, so, yeah, well. I mean, we can't, they can't all be scared, otherwise that'd be the only game we get this fall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just it's just an interesting thought. I, I just came yeah, to my yeah, mind. You know, I, I, I think it's going to do great. You know, People are worried, though. But yeah. Well, I think that's also why. It's less of, it will be the monumental success that GTA was, or it's just a guaranteed success. And yeah. for yeah. that, you know, that people are probably imagining, okay, most of the October money is either going to Call of Duty or Red Dead. I'll be shocked if we see any other big games announced for that month. Like if Bethesda announces a game, Bethesda Game Series announces a game, I think it's got to be November. There's no chance that's in October. Just yeah. Two Titans battling it out. It's like let them do yeah, it. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean, I think the Days Gone makes sense to push back, but mm-hmm. then when you see a game like Tomb Raider, it's almost like a completely different game. Even though you know, who knows? Like the like the style of games is completely different. So like, I can see them maybe saying, you know, screw it, let's just release it. Because we have the movie this year, and then you know people are at least our names a little bit more relevant this year. I mean, they seem to be doing a, a little bit of a different push for marketing. I think it's coming in like a gameplay trailer is coming in some random festival. I, I don't remember what the name was, but it's it's not like a PAX or an E3. It's like a just some random festival. So I think the trailer is going to drop on a day that like most people are not expecting it, which might garner a little more attention. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I I assume that Tomb Raider won't do that great just because I can't. I don't know. I just I have a hard time seeing that game, that type of game, doing well in this this culture right now. Yeah, yeah I think the hype of Tomb Raiders dropped a bit. I mean, I I personally do like them, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. all round, yeah, it's not. I don't I don't think it's going to do that well. Yeah, it's it's one that I'll be like, uh, keep my eye, keep my eye on it. Yeah, I can't remember what they did last time when they actually. Did it for when dropped it the same day as Fallout. I can't. I can't remember if they remote well. Yeah. I only remember they had that tagline where it sold like four million and they weren't happy with it or something. Or was uh, that the, that's was that the last one they did? I think that might have been the first one. I'm not sure. Okay. But, See, like I said, like I don't even know how many games of, of Tomb Raider have come out in the last couple of years. Like that's how not you know. I think one in 2013 and then one in 2015 and then here we are in 2018 and they drop it in September. So. I mean, I, I hope it does well. I, I don't see it in its situation, but that they're trying to probably make do. I mean, the, the issue is that also, you know, they maybe they, they're trying to get out early to beat out Red Dead, beat out Call of Duty, and in turn, we have a situation where the game might be really buggy because they had to get it out yeah. maybe a month and a half, two months yeah. before they wanted to. But um, you said the... the the first of these Tomb Raider games came out in 2013. The second one came out in 2015. This is three years later. Mm-hmm. So, like, those had a two-year development cycle for Rise of the Tomb Raider. This is yes. a three-year development cycle. So, so maybe that just, um, they already had that extra time from the extra year they took. Could have been waiting for the movie, like I was saying, you know? Yeah. To, like, really get those in the same year to just push the name out. But, I don't know. No, I just, I, I have no idea. I think, I think they compared a scene with the movie and... The last game, though, so a bit confused with that because they've they've done the new actor with the motion capture and all that. So I don't know if it's actually because we've not seen any of the game, and I'm sure I've seen a comparison with 
like there's a scene in a in a plane that sort of falls and like an old yeah. plane. Well, I don't think it'll actually be tied into the movie. I think just the fact that the name Tomb Raider is yeah. in more places than it would normally be if there wasn't a movie as well. I mean, I think it like even though it's not anywhere near the size of Star Wars, but there, there's a reason the Battlefront games come out every yeah. time you do Star Wars. I mean, I mean, yeah. there's a new Star Wars movie every uh, year, now, but Lara Croft and Soul Calibur. Going back to the old one. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. I, I wouldn't be against that. Yeah. I mean, did, did this movie thing, I know the, the year an Assassin's Creed movie dropped, it was the year there wasn't Assassin's Creed, but does anyone have off the top of their head any, any sales or performance numbers for Assassin's Creed where maybe we could think, okay, you know, if, if the movie drops, and then I think they had Chronicles that year, which is that side-scrolling Assassin's Creed. like China, China one. Yeah, that yeah. one. Well, Assassin's Creed the movie did pretty bad, um, critically and financially. Like it, it wasn't that big of a success. Yeah, um, so maybe the studio, maybe the studio thought the Tomb Raider one because studios think this that their movie was gonna be the great new video game movie that was gonna make all the money and win all the critics over. Um, so. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if there's any hard evidence that we could pull up like on the spot, but I think it's just a just having the name be out there. And be a little bit more relevant when you release the game versus waiting a year and then people kind of forget about the name and then the game comes out. I mean, it's just they don't necessarily have to even go together, but I just think the having the the it just be a little bit more relevant. The IP, yeah, could definitely potentially could potentially help sales a little bit. Yeah, I think well, I don't think it'll make the massive difference they need, but um, maybe that's what the game itself can do when people start to see it in just about a month, apparently. So now let's roll on over to some Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, oh my gosh, this game. I'm so excited. This game, I hope, does not get overshadowed by all the big releases this year. Will it ever be released? Though? Yeah, Dude, that is a okay. great question. When this game comes out, it's it's going to get talked about. There's no way it's not getting yeah. its due. Yeah, because there's so much Disney in it. And uh, the, the recent leak is that 100 Acre Woods is returning, which uh, we've seen in all the, the main Kingdom Hearts games, and also a brand new world, Frozen. So, who here has played Kingdom Hearts? I've watched people play it. No, no one? I was, uh, oh. that was like PS2 era, right? Yeah, all, all my, all, like a few of my friends when like, I was back at school, like, they, yeah, they, they always used to talk about it. They, they used to love it. But, yeah, my friend got around to school just always goes on about how he he loves Kingdom Hearts so much. He's just always telling me about it. So, I mean... Mm-hmm. It's interesting because it's, it's got such a convoluted story. You'd sit, sit there and be like, why would I ever want to get into that? But it's just, there's a charm to it. Um, it looks so, adorable. Yeah, so I was going to say, from the outside <laughs> looking in, what do you guys think about Kingdom Hearts generally? Like, is it something that uh, that you would imagine yourself maybe playing at some point? Um, I mean, I'll go first. No one. Uh, the, so the third one, I think my problem with like trying to get into the old ones or anything now is because there's like so many different versions you keep, like there's Kingdom Heart 2.67839-48. Um, so it's like, I can't exactly, I'd have to like, I feel like I'd have to take a class on Kingdom Hearts to, to just (laughs) know where to start. But, uh, I may or like the, the new one does kind of intrigue me as like, like, in, is is the game open world, or is it kind of like you have... Like the sort of, levels are, are basically big hub yeah, areas. Hub areas, yeah. Um, like, it, it kind of intrigues me, and, like, the, the Disney tie-ins intrigue me. Um, 
Now, hearing that it might have a Frozen tie-in pushes me away from it, but um, mm-hmm. most, most of the Disney tie-in, tie-ins intrigue me, like the Pixar ones. Um, uh, I think that's kind of interesting, having like the 100 Acre Woods of Winnie the Pooh. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, I can't say I uh, am a fan of Frozen. <laughs> interesting. Because you know, the thing that I think is going to scare the life out of people when they see this is... One of the tropes with uh, Kingdom Hearts is that the, what world is it? Uh, the Little Mermaid. Um, it was always like a quick time event singing mini game. It was just awful. It was terrible. It's like it, it was. It was so bad that you just didn't want to like start a new playthrough over because you'd have to go through that world. And so now with Frozen, you imagine they can only do one thing with that, and it's like, oh boy, they're doing it again. No, dude, there's tons of potential with Frozen. Are you kidding me? Dude, uh, uh, Elsa is a badass. She has <laughs> crazy powers. Yeah. Like, if, like, if they wanted to make her a boss fight, that'd be crazy. You know, like, she could do all sorts of crazy stuff. I mean, that'd be, that'd be, that'd be lit. <laughs> uh, Alright. That Wait. and the, and the, the, um, the snowman and the uh, the reindeer, I mean, or whatever the hell he is, moose, whatever he is. Uh, I mean, you know I can definitely it. see some really like cutesy interactions between characters with like the snowman and like Goofy or somebody, and like you know, I could see that being fun and entertaining. Yeah, it's just like it's, I wish it was something else. I mean, they gave me Toy Story though, so yeah, Toy yeah. Story. Yeah, the thing that would sell personally. They need to make it so. It's like yeah. your Elsa's the villain. That would be that'd be part of the fun, yeah. you know. Because if if they're not if she's not a villain, then what are you doing? You're just running around and singing. Yeah, you know. Well, that's she's... exactly what Little Mermaid was. There was like hardly yeah. any combat, which is basically the the highlight of the series. It's very flashy, uh, well animated, all that stuff. And then if it, they took that all away, and they're like quick time events and singing, and you did listen Yay. to the same song over and over, it was, it was awful. It was yeah. awful. What if it's just like the Sephiroth thing? You just go to some random. Cave and you come out and then Elsa's there and it's just yeah. some crazy boss battle and that's it. That'll, I mean that'd be <laughs> that'll literally popularize the game on its own. Like millions of YouTubers will just go in and be like, I'm gonna play this game and make like reaction challenge videos with fighting yeah. the Elsa cave demon. Yeah, the crazy boss oh. battle. Yeah, that's uh, I understand that from a business perspective because Frozen's like huge. Um, yeah. but uh, I think like in this is kind of cheating, but I think a cooler place would have been like Wreck It Ralph. Yeah. It's um, I mean, it is, it is like, video games already, so it's kind of, like, a little meta there. But yeah, um, I think, like, you could do really... Like, because there are some, like, a lot of... Like, the Wreck-It Ralph place and the candy place with the racing cars, that's, that's like, original stuff that Disney made. Like, there are some, like, Mario and stuff references in the movie, but there's a lot of original ideas they came up with. Then you can see the trailer to the second one, though. Whoa. I did, and um, it doesn't give me a lot of hope, but... It, it looks like the emoji movie. <laughs> I just thought I'm surprised with with the popular uh, sequel coming for The Incredibles that that's not a world. Oh, 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 oh. dude, yeah, oh. no, that's a good point. Right, that would be a really good one. I feel that. I, I mean, there's a good chance like DLC down the road they're gonna hit on all of these that we're talking about. But I'm just surprised that's not one that they're trying to match up the year with some of their big movie launches, probably because they got to fully develop the world. And the hey, story. Maybe, maybe it means it's going to get delayed. Oh, <laughs> oh God. No, I mean, wouldn't surprise me. They're waiting till Toy Story 4 comes out, so that yeah. way they can match up with the, the Toy Story. <laughs> oh, God. 
What's hilarious is it, it's entirely possible because this game has been pushed back for so many years. Like, it got announced... When did this game get announced? 2013, I think? Like, it's been... It feels like it's been around forever. Man, it's like yeah. the real that's Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's another one. I feel like we're going to see that this year. I feel like yeah, this but at least they didn't have, like, an establishing, you know, couple games right before that. Yeah. That were super relevant, you know? Yeah. True. That is one more one big, big thing about get. Like, I get why some of them do announce games earlier than they probably should, but it is really annoying. Like, mm-hmm. especially when they get cancelled as well, or yeah, delayed like a year or. Oh. Yeah, I mean, that's, what it is. that's why I I love what Bethesda kind of did, um, with the the release thing with Fallout Four because that really did drastically alter how developers release games from that point. Everyone just started shrinking it up because they saw how much money it made. And so that's why, like, it's more exciting than anything to see what BGS does next because you know they're going to probably try and do something that'll affect the entire industry yet again. It seems like with every launch they do. Well, if they do announce, just say, Starfield, then Mm -hmm. maybe we'll see it this year, regardless if Red Dead is coming out or not? You know, yeah. Which, but. It's the only I mean, open world game I think that could compete with with the Red Dead, to be honest. But sorry, I mean, it, it's it's definitely yeah. interesting, but it's also a pain in the ass for us, you know, because we're trying. We, yeah. we just want to know something, you know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, imagine if no one talked about anything in this E3. You just had no idea what the hell is going to happen. And people are like, mm-hmm. hey, here's our games coming out tomorrow, or yeah. it's out now. It's out yesterday. That's yeah, you know? that's, that's such a pain now too because it's like, oh, we're gonna release uh, a Tomb Raider, Starfield, Red Dead, Call of Duty, what have you, all within like two months, and it's like, yeah. get like two of those games. Uh, that like, and it's like I only have so much yeah. time. Big know? games oh, like that, you only get one. That's why I'm kind of annoyed at myself for playing The Witcher again, but I'm not right. <laughs> What do you have? What do you have on your backlog? Right, you're playing The Witcher. What? I, this is the best you part. When you tell me what's sitting there waiting for you, I, it could go on. Honestly, it, oh, it's no. ridiculous. I've, uh, I'm, I'm embarrassed to even say. Yeah, let's say. Let's, no, I'm gonna embarrass let's, you. Let's hear it. I'd have to turn on the Xbox, to be honest, because I've got my PS4 up, and even on my PS4, I've probably got. I've got Resident Evil Seven, uh, and I've just got the VR, so I kind of could play that with that as well. Oh. Uh, Monster Hunter World, which I started playing, and then I was like, eh, it's a bit... I'm not really a big grindy guy. Mm. Uh, I've downloaded Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls ages ago. Heavy so Rain. Uh, on the Xbox, yeah. Believe it or not, I bought the Master Chief Collection. Oh, when it, this. And I still haven't played it. Hey, give it a couple months. They're fixing it. I've, uh, <laughs> No, they really are. <laughs> well, that's true. My backlog on my Xbox. Yeah, they're going to give it some like, 4K. We've got the Wolf, the Wolf 2. Still See, played it. a lot of games you're mentioning, like Heavy Rain, Wolf 2. Uh, what was the other one? that? Yeah, you mentioned another game that was... Uh, yeah, Blue Souls. It was just... Yeah, but it was they're all like really short games where uh, a day no, that you spend with The months. Witcher 3, like a weekend you spend with The Witcher 3, yeah. you could bang out so many other games in that time okay. frame. That's what's amazing yeah. about how big these games are. Yeah. I'm doing that with them. Um, like, right now, because I'm playing KOTOR, but I'm kind of taking my time with it, and then, like, I'm playing shorter games, like, before... Like, I I started KOTOR, then I played Shadow of Classes while I was playing KOTOR, and now mm. I'm... Even though State of K is not, like... It doesn't really have an 
end. It's like not really narrative. I've been playing a lot of that lately, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just like I have Kotor's the game I jump to now, like back to. <laughs> yeah, like it's your central focus, and then you have like other ones surrounding it. Yeah, because I I was um, for me it's just been I, I like since end of January it's been I've flipped between Dragon Ball and Monster Hunter, and and the only thing that really took me away from that was Bayonetta on my Switch because I wanted to replay those. I beat the first one. <clears throat> there was also Kingdom Come, but that wasn't as good as I was I was hoping it to be. But I mean, it's whatever. Isn't uh, Metro coming out this year too? Oh, apparently August. Oh, okay. that'd, that'd be before that other stuff. I mean, but yeah. still, it's that's a packed that's packed. You know that that yeah. last half of the year, especially because I mean. it's yeah, that's like right towards the end of summer, and, and like we usually don't get big launches in the summer. That's why I think it's going to change. Like we're just going to see big games dropping all year round because there's well, you know with these with these falls and how cramped they get. Like I'd want to get my game out in the summer where people have time to play it and stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean. I, I, the, success of like i mean you just mentioned kingdom come that game sold a lot um and it's really it's not a huge like bethesda game or anything and it released um in february right mm-hmm. so like you can release games this time of year and make money yeah um i think summer has the most i mean not the most but summer has a ton of potential just because like you said people are off like kids in college kids in high school they have enough money to go buy your game usually or they can get it if they ask for it or something like that. I mean, that's when all the a lot of those huge survival games, like those ones that went viral for like that year or whatever, like Daisy, that's what they came out during the summer. You know, they had Daisy sell like or Arma Arma Two, I think, and the DLC sold like more copies in that one summer. The mod came out than they ever did in total. You know, so I mean, there's definitely potential in the summer. I mean, we're gonna release our game in the summer. Uh, you know, hopefully it's ready by then. Shit, but. You know, just because, you know, you, you can't do it in the winter, you know, and that season because, you know, everyone else does it. But and in the beginning of the year, I guess it's it's definitely possible. I mean, Kingdom Come just did it. But I think the problem at the beginning of the year is that everyone just spent money on Christmas on other things, too. So, like, people don't might not want to part with their money as much I mean, right, that, right I mean, after that. that. That game's probably next on my list that I, I do kind of want to play. And it's going to take me how long? How long did it take you, May? What game? Uh, Kingdom Kingdom Come took me about 45. That's kind of when I felt done with it, because I, I played the whole story, and I played a decent amount of the side quests, where yeah. after that, yeah, I could have kept going. I probably could have went 60, 70 if I really wanted to, yeah. but I was just done. I was like, all right, there's nothing really pulling me in here. This game isn't holding me down as much as I expected it to, and, and you know, that's the thing with some games. like People are so... You know, they attach themselves to it. That they'll keep putting hours into it if they're not enjoying yeah. it. And for me, like that's how no, I burned myself out last year. I just like played games even when I really wasn't enjoying it. Like I, I enjoyed Kingdom Come for what it was. I played enough of it where I just I moved on after that point. But you could you could I'm get not, more than what I put into it is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing as well. I don't get with. I suppose you could say I'm doing it with The Witcher, but a lot of people will will continuously sort of burn themselves out on a game for the sake of mm. I don't know getting the best gear on Monster Hunter or whatever but they're not even enjoying it they're just doing it to kind of yeah. be well that's I why know. I always my friends and I have like the the three game role like you're always cycling between three games max because you can enjoy everything equally um and especially if like one of them for me it's Dragon Ball Fighter so it's a fighting game it, that's all it takes you know it's not a story or anything, so it's it's not taking up that 
psychic energy. That it's you very need quick. To, yeah, exactly. It's just a, a quick fighting game. So I can hop in, hop out. Um, you know, you have a game for every scenario, right? Like uh, my, my friends usually, we, we do one game on the go, one fighting game, one story game. And, and then you got something for every moment. And uh, mm-hmm. that always works out. I think part of it is probably people, it's like it's the devil you know versus the one you don't. Even if it, even if it's not thinking negatively, it's just like like I've got on my backlog, I've got Doom and the Metros and I even bought Crisis 2 like for $3. Like I've got games that I've wanted to play. Mm-hmm. And I'm and like last night I was like I just got tired of work. I was burnt out. And I was like, "Oh, I was looking at these games. I'm like I've never experienced them before. Like I don't know if I want to install this right now and then try it out." I'm like, "Let me just load up Oblivion mm-hmm. and play for a couple hours." You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. no, I feel you. I mean, that's that's what I try to be conscious of is like when I get impatient. Because, for example, in a couple of days, we're getting attacked on Titan 2. I'm really excited for that. And, and after that is Far Cry 5, which I'm also, I've, I've become really excited for that. So That'd be fun like, for, for us, specifically. Exactly, yeah. yeah. We're doing, a, for those wondering, we're doing a, a Patreon gaming session. We're going to use the map editor and make some really cool shit with it. You'll probably see a video on it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Love the map editor. Yeah. And, and so... You should do it play just, like, coach, a uh, couch. Coach. Yes. It's going to be sick. But... What I was getting at was, um, you know, I, I catch myself making those impulse purchases at, like, the moment right before a game comes out. Like, I was looking at a sale on PS4 just last night because they, they had a huge one still going on. And there was a Darksiders War Mastered, I think it was called, for four bucks. Yep. And I, I love the first Darksiders. It's a great game. And I was like, I could totally go for a replay of that. But I thought to myself, I'll probably start it. The 20th will hit, Attack on Titan 2 will come out, I'll start that. Yeah. Won't be uh, yeah. either of those games until, you know, then Far Cry comes out. I'm reviewing that one, so I'm probably getting that before launch a little bit. Until so like, I'll, it just I'll stacks. I'll really too, as well. Mm. Don't know why. I like that one even, probably even more. And then the when's the next one supposed to be coming out? I'm sure they said this year, but it's, it's probably going to be next year. For which game? Dark Soldiers 3. Which one? Darksiders. Oh, Darksiders. Sorry, sorry. Sorry, it was lagging on my end. Um, Yeah, they just said this year. I think that's going to be either heavily delayed or canceled. It just didn't look good, and it didn't get the attention that I think they expected. And with God of War coming in, I mean, it's it's interesting, because it's almost like history repeating itself, because Darksiders came in after the original God of Wars, and it just was constantly compared to it, which I get why. It's very similar. But, you know, that's why I never really gained that huge audience. It was more like a, a niche game. Niche, whatever the fuck it is. And uh, <laughs> and so, um, you know, I, I just, I don't see it, re- or I see it rather replicating that same exact history again this year if it were to drop. They, it would just be a less than God of War that was going to yeah. be coming out next month. Uh, who is streaming the God of War PS4? Oh, it's so sexy. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that game. Uh, I yeah. hope it turns out well. I was a little iffy on the combat; it just looked clunky, but it's, it's looked smoother over time. So, yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be really good because I another series that I love the death out of. That's that's April, right? April twentieth. Yeah, four twenty. Yeah. <laughs> oh god! I'm glad. <laughs> like, if you think about it, there's sort of a big title. I mean, at least for these next couple of months, you have. In what? So it's March. You have Far Cry. Then in and Sea of Thieves. And then in April you have um Dark Side or not? Sorry, uh, 
See? God of War. <laughs> and then G or May, you have um Mario Tennis and um State of Decay 2. And then I don't know about June. June is but, Mario Tennis. Oh, June is Mario Tennis. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, there you go. Yes. And then in June, you have Mario Tennis. I mean, those are all games that me personally, I'm like interested in getting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, how how the hell do they make a tennis game look so damn fun? I don't know. Like, I don't know how they do it. Like, quite good, to be fair, but like that, how do they put different spins on it is math. Like, mm-hmm. Nintendo, you don't have to put spins on it, you just well, release yeah, it. Yeah, they, they still do it, <laughs> it'll sell. It'll sell. It's incredible, man. I mean, I, that's what I love about the Switch is because it feels like every month a new exclusive game's coming out. Like, this is the first month I've seen an exclusive Switch game drop. It didn't get, like, crazy reviews. It's that new Kirby game, like Star yeah. Allies. I think it got, like, I, really mediocre I, reviews. I played the demo, and I was like, this is very, very easy. Um, like, And that's what I saw in a lot of reviews. People were saying you can kind of just do it on autopilot. Uh, and it's $60, and I'm like... I don't feel like it should be it like because the type of game it is, and I, maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like a game that you could beat in like four hours, and that's and it's just a side-scrolling game. And I'm like, that's mm-hmm. sixty bucks. I mean, it, it, it might be a longer game, but I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. I, like I was looking at it, and, and that, this is the first time I've seen that. But most months they they have something new and big. I, I don't know what's next month or or May, but I think next month is uh, or no May is Hyrule Warriors. June, like we just said, it was Mario Tennis. I don't know if anything's dropping in April, but yeah, like they they they've filled the early part of the year always, and then they have like that one big fall title. Like last year was it was Mario Odyssey. So I think Smash. this this year, yeah, I was gonna say it's gonna be Smash. Like they're doing a, a great job with when they drop games. I'm curious to see when Smash drops. I mean, that's a completely different audience from from yeah. Red Dead, where I don't think that'll be impacted yeah. if, they, if they drop in November. I think that will be a November game. I think, I think Smash on the Go is a big deal. Oh man, mm-hmm. I think Nintendo is immune, like right now, anyway, because I think the the Switch is still relevant enough, and they're because their games are only on the Switch. I think they are immune to like the effect of other games to an extent, because it's like somebody's like, okay, maybe I'll get two games, one to play it with my console buddies, and then one to play with or my PC buddies, one to play with my Switch, like on the go. Yeah, and they're like, okay, I'll get a uh, Red Dead and Smash. And then it's like that those are my two games for the fall and I don't know I think Nintendo's just they've done so good with the Switch that like people I talk to anyway a lot of them who have Switches they're like yeah I'm going to get this game yeah and I'm going to also get Smash for the Switch. Yeah. And and if anything Nintendo always does really well at the holiday season. So even if it's not for the game itself like day of it's going to for Christmas yeah. sales, I mean, it's going to do well. The Switch is outpacing the PS4 right now like That's when PS4 it's insane because uh, I made well, a video I made a video and I know in, in I dropped it last year so I know in 2021 I'm going to eat my words when I said uh, it was something like the, some guy was predicting or some site was predicting that the Switch sells 40 million units in like 4 years and I was like you're crazy I was like there's no chance and it's on pace I'm sitting here like <laughs> <laughs> well the thing about Nintendo is that you know the average parent will just buy it Mm-hmm. You know, for their family, like my my fiance, they have a Wii and they've never touched the damn thing. They just like, yeah. oh, this looks yep. cutesy, this looks fun. And they'll play it like once this and they're done with my, it. My cabinet. <laughs> yeah, you know, so like, or just like when holiday season comes up, you know, people are like, oh, kids like video games, and they yep. see something like GTA, and they're like, eh, and then yeah. they get something into it. <laughs> <That's> so true. <laughs> like, because all the parents, you know, they're like, what. 
I have this over here. There's like a gritty looking cowboy shooting somebody on the back. And then I've yeah. got this game and it's Mario fighting Bowser. He's like a colorful dinosaur and the guy with a little red hat. I mean, Tennis. most people that I know are like, yeah, no, I think this is better for my kids. <laughs> yeah. So they'll, they'll buy, a lot of people will buy that stuff and not use it. Yeah. 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 I mean, my sister uh, and my brother-in-law, they have a few kids and they have a, a um a Wii and I'm mean, they, they used it but they only used it for Netflix um they the kids would play like some games on it occasionally but um they really only used it for Netflix and that was it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Moffat is currently gathering a bit of dust, but when I do have a game that I'm playing on it, doesn't matter if I'm like you know knee deep in The Witcher. As soon as I've got you know like I'm I am on the go, I will be playing yep. my Switch. It's so easy, like. It's, the- does anyone else do this where, like, anyone who has a Switch here, do they, like, I'll play it while I'm watching a TV show, um, which might be, like, sensory overload, but, I, yeah, like, it's yeah, usually yeah. TV shows that I've already seen, like, I'll just have it on in the background, um, but I'll yeah. just be like, oh, yeah, I play some Switch, watch some Always Sunny in Philadelphia or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like, I just finished a game, Golf Story, um, which I, I thought was really good. Um, it kind of drags a little bit near the end, but um, overall, like, the way they did golf was actually really fun for a 2D kind of RPG and it was the, the comedy, the writing was pretty good for the most part. But um, awesome. I was curious about that game. I've heard good things about that as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it took me like, I was kind of surprised because I thought it would, usually with those type of 2D games, it usually doesn't take me too long to beat them. But this took me like 17, 18 hours. So I was like, that's it's pretty pretty solid. Sweet. Yeah. I um, For me, I do a similar thing. Like, I agree with sensory overload because so many people just don't realize that when they do it. Like, that when they go completely overboard with shit going on in front of them. Um, but like what I'll do is usually it's a sports game, like, or, or I'm sorry, I should say a sports game on the television and now I'm playing my switch. Cause that I can just peek up at, look at the yeah, store, watch, watch, the watch a play and then go back to my switch where it's not too much where I'm watching like a show that demands my attention for the story and then a story on my switch that demands yeah. my attention as well. It's too much. So yeah, I, I do the same thing personally. Or I'll just throw the TV on for background noise. I do that when I edit because sometimes it'll be so silent you can hear a pin drop. It's just, it's awful. It's lonely, right? You just flip yeah. on the fucking yeah, TV. No. I so. hear you. I mean, the main reason why I listen to you know your stuff and a bunch of other people's stuff is just when I'm working, just something going on exactly. while I'm working, just so like I don't go crazy. Exactly. You know? yeah. That's why I love the podcasts and everything. I'll probably watch this one even though I know everything that happened in it just for the, you know. <laughs> I was on it last time. Real dedication. Uh, I thought, I'm going to listen to it, make sure I don't sound like a complete idiot. Anyway, um, next topic is going to be Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 cancelled. Sad, oh, yeah. sad news. What do you guys feel about this? You know, I made a whole video on it, so I'm probably not going to go much on this, but you think, you know, Bethesda saying, like, look, this probably won't work out legally. They didn't really bring down the banhammer on them quite yet, but, you know, these about- wasn't it about them legally they couldn't use the voice in or something? So, correct, correct. So, yeah, I'm not I'm not too obviously sure about it. It's just, obviously me, I weren't personally looking at it because I don't own a PC. I knew it wouldn't come to console somehow. So, other than them obviously just remaster it themselves or mm. they thought, we'll take over, we'll do it from here and then maybe Bethesda do it. But that's crazy speculation. All right. I think. Other people might have a better idea than me because I didn't really pay attention to it. To be quite um, like, I don't know too much about how exactly like lawyer, like the law and modding kind of works. Um, like the kind of technicalities of all of that. Mm-hmm. 
But um, something that like kind of makes me think about like I don't necessarily think uh, Bethesda is going to remaster Fallout Three. I mean, they may. Um, who knows? But because it's right now, I mean, on the X anyway. Like they they gave it an update, and it it's on backwards compatibility. So like maybe they're just trying to. It might just be something as small as that. They're like, hey, don't really mess with this because you know it's still like there and still like relevant. Um. So, I don't know, that's kind of where I stand on it. Like, I don't I don't think that they will release one, but a remaster, but eh, maybe they yeah. will. They don't have to. It's just, like, something they possibly could do. Maybe, like, yeah. cause they, could they, the, um, the, the first, the other expanded, expanded studio, what was that, Montreal? Uh-huh. Yeah, so they did a, their first thing was a port, so... They might do something similar. The new, the newest studio might do another game as a port just to see how they maybe can get the games onto the new console and work with a BGS kind of game before they go do anything bigger. But okay. I don't. Yes, yeah. I'd, I'd personally love for them to go for a Fallout Three remaster. Like that, that's my hope with this. But I think it's because what's happening in turn with the cancellation of this is like, oh, you better be making something when it's like, no, they're just. Because the way the legal thing works, from what I've, I've I'm, I'm talking very brief research here, because I, I don't know the legal side all that well. But from what I've seen, it's Bethesda gets the rights to use, for example, Ron Perlman's voice. And then for a modder to take that voice, it, it would violate a copyright law where Bethesda's not, it's not even like them being real assholes here. It's yeah, more it's so like, like they're not going to go to every mod and get the rights for Ron Perlman's voice, for, for Brian Delaney's voice, etc. Um, it's just it's not feasible so that's why we have mods like this they get shut down but then we have mods like beyond skyrim bruma which are new assets new voice acting new music and that's why they get passed along and are fine because and are on bethesda net because people are because it's all new stuff um so you know that's the difference there um it's no discredit to what the team for the fallout 3 and fallout 4 mod did i mean they busted their ass like you know, I talked to them very closely about all this, and it was, you know, it really sucked because they put a lot of heart into it, and you could really see that with the work. And it was just, just hitting its stride to where we were going to see like a lot of quest gameplay and stuff. So it, it really does suck. But I didn't expect yeah. it, and when I heard the news, I was like, they'll find a way around it, and it just it happened so fast. That's the thing that caught me off guard. I think I think it might also be a more of a, a third party thing. Like I mean, I'm not 100 percent sure about this, but it could also be like music where you have to get the approval of the person who did it. Mm. You know, yeah, like exactly you know, you, you hear stuff with like older games where they have to like remove sound, sound, uh, you know, songs and stuff because of like you know some contracts expiring or whatever. So I mean, it could be that you know they didn't, they might have had to go to the individual people and and have like their own contract to use that as well. But uh, I was kind of surprised that they did cancel it i mean i i am and i'm not because a lot of these projects you know they're 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 so ambitious that it's it's you know a lot of times they don't work out but um at least it seems that way but you know i'm surprised they didn't actually just say you know screw it we'll get some volunteer voice actors because i think a lot of people would have accepted that you know people who just wanted to play the mod Mm -hmm. and uh you know it's not even that bad for like the artists and the animators who worked on it because they still have something they can put in like their portfolios or their animation reels 
But everyone else who is involved pretty much gets nothing out of this, and so I think this one had been in development for at least a couple, like a like a year or two or something like that, Maddie. Yeah, like around a so year like, and a half. That's a lot of time that a lot of that team would have dedicated and not got anything out of. So I'm kind of surprised they didn't just you know say you know screw it, let's just get it out however we can. Uh, I think it's possible it's, that there could be some other things, like yeah. other technical things that they were running into, and this could have been like the thing that pushed them over and said, you know what, you know. Well, like the like the response or the announcement, I should say, said it. it um, a lot of it was okay. We don't want to terminate our relationship with Bethesda or any other game company by violating these these uh, copyright laws, which I get. You know, it's it was kind of like they were losing it in either way, but. Like you just mentioned, in this route, okay, you know, they didn't get the project done, but they still have stuff to show for it, where down the line when they're looking for a full-time job, um, they can say, hey, I worked on this big mod here, some of my work for it. Because I know a couple of modders in this team also worked on the Creation Club. So you start tampering with your relationship with Bethesda. I know they get paid enough where they say it's, it's enough for them to pay rent now, for example and then make money on the side doing other things. And, and so it's a big part of their income. It's like, you don't want to jeopardize that. I completely get that. It's not that that's the case for every modder, but I think there was too much to lose if they kept going forward. So I, I ultimately think it was the smart decision, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it should happens, I guess. It's yeah. The end of the day. But, you know, at least at least the artists and the animators have something they can show. Because, I mean, all you need is just something to show that you have the ability to work in a game environment you don't actually need like a finished game to like get your first jobs you yeah. know but yeah i mean that's the thing exactly as you said i think everyone who worked on that project had something to show you know they didn't have writers because they didn't write their own quests because they were already from yeah. Fallout three so anyone who worked on it was programming animating modeling or you know directing something so everyone's got something to show so i think everyone who worked on the project can, can take away from this in a positive way. But that's, yeah, yeah that, that's, I'd love to see Bethesda do something with this. I don't think there's a high chance of it. Um, do yeah, you guys the... ultimately think there's a good chance of that or? Nah. Yeah. I, I think if anything, that new studio is probably just extra manpower for their next game. Mm-hmm. Just to get whatever, whatever work they need done to be done by the time it comes out. That's at least for now. That's what I would, that's what I would assume based on how everything's been going with them. The only other thing I would say is maybe, just maybe, they're going to do a port for the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's something like that, maybe, too. Because, I mean, cool. after Skyrim and uh, Skyrim being pretty successful on there and people liking it a lot, maybe they're like, oh, we'll throw a Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 on there. Mm-hmm. Oh, if they put Fallout 3 on the Switch, I'd lose my shit. Oh, because... The only reason I haven't bought Skyrim on the Switch is because I'm not too long ago bought it for the Xbox One, and I just thought I can't spend another, you know, fifty pounds, sixty bucks on a on a on a game that I've already played multiple times, even on the 360, and then again on the Xbox One. So mm-hmm. even though it's it would be, I'm, I imagine it's really good. Yeah, I think I think Skyrim on the Switch is arguably like the best version of Skyrim. It's it's mm-hmm. fun. It's on the go. It's like how do they have this much content on a, a game on the go? But you realize it's a game from 2011. It's still, it's yeah. it's incredible. And I guess you know, there's very few games that have that much relevancy that mo- that long after launch, right? It's that's what's crazy to me is 
we joke about the Skyrim meme, but it's like this game's still around, still prevalent, still talked about in most general gaming discussions. Like that's huge. Most developers would kill for that. <laughs> really? Yeah. Uh, obviously, it's sold very well, and people will still argue and say it's not very good, it's not very RPG-ish, but it's still talked about and still relevant now. So, I mean, people buy those games multiple times, even before the Switch came out. I mean, that's that's probably the main thing that why I don't have it right now, because I had it on Xbox, and I don't want to buy it again on Steam just because I'm a cheap bastard. Mm. But, like, Smart, I've, I'd say. I've had... <laughs> yeah, like, I'm just like, damn, like, I've already bought and played this game like it just bothers me to have to buy it again but i think a lot of people just pull the trigger and say yeah i want to play it on my pc now or or whatever it is they're playing it on i've recently you know oh, stopped buying games like as in because i've not already bought them i'm already playing games so i'm not going to buy kingdom come now because it's still full price i'm still playing a backlog of games so. yeah i'm just i'm sitting here thinking now if Bethesda had not sent me a review code for Skyrim on the Switch or Skyrim Special Edition, I absolutely would have had the game purchased four times because I, I bought it when it came out, got my new gaming PC, I'm like, mods! Bought it. And then I knew for a fact I was getting Switch Edition. I was lucky enough to get a review code for that. Same thing with Special Edition. So, I, oh my god, I would have dropped 240 on a game over the court. Like that. That's the thing, though. There's so many people like me who just would have, yeah. without realizing, like, yeah, I just... Spent an accumulated two hundred and forty bucks without tax on. I'm going to say, you just realize how much you spent, and you. <laughs> oh, you were going to spend. You were like, oh. yeah. yeah, I mean, I I have Oblivion and Morrowind. I've bought twice, but the difference with that is that it was so long ago that it justified it for me. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. being able to play that again. Whereas with Skyrim, it's just like it's 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 been a while, but it's it's because it's so relevant all the time. I almost don't want to buy it. Because I, it feels too feels too new to me, you know, to to buy it again. That's like me with Fallout Four and another playthrough. It's like I want to play it through again, but we still talk about it so much mainly because of what my channel is based off of. But also, like, there are still people making those video essays breaking down Fallout Four and why it really wasn't as good as it could have been, and it's incredible and lore it's just, and stuff. It, too. Yeah, exactly, lore. Like it's talked about so much where I'm like, yeah, maybe I'll wait. <laughs> you know, it's maybe another time. I mean, when you have time away from something, it gives you that urge to go back to it. Mm-hmm. And when you have something like Skyrim, where it's been since the original release when I played it, I mean, a long time, what, like six-ish years, you know, whatever. But since I hear it all the time, it doesn't. I don't have that feeling of, of longing, like I haven't touched this in forever. No, I don't have that feeling, even though it's true, just because I hear about it all the time. That's that's an interesting like kind of concept there, because um, like for a lot of people, hearing about it all the time makes them want to buy it. Like, um, I mean, I know somebody at, at my work who, uh, he's bought Skyrim, I think, six times. Oh, wow. He had it for PC, Xbox 360, uh, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. So five yeah. times. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. He well, he's, like, one, obsessed with the game. Yeah. Um, and he knows, like, he's like, yeah, I have a problem. He's like, I, and this was, like, two months ago when I was talking about this. And he's like, yeah, I, I have it for everything but the, the Switch in the Xbox One. This was two months ago. He bought both of those copies with him because he got a Switch pretty recently and he was like, oh, I'll just get it for the Xbox One so I have it on everything. <laughs> it's like, well, man. See, the thing is, one person like that accounts for five people like me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and so they're still, you know, that's why they do this because it makes some money. True. That. Yeah. It's easy. Just yeah. It over. Oh, yeah. I mean, relatively. Yeah, definitely. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm saying yes and I have no idea what goes into a port. <laughs> Yeah. Well, 
I, I don't definitely. either, but I've seen, I mean, it, one can safely it's, assume with how developers do it and how quickly, like, between announcement and launch, they get it out. And also, yeah. uh, it seems like, based on what Todd said, like, yeah, we've had Skyrim running on the Xbox One for years when we were testing for Fallout 4. And then we realized, like, why don't we put this out there for fans? I'm like, so they they had it there for so long. They probably polished it up, added some features, you know, that, that in the scheme of things compared to a natural full game development are nothing. And it's yeah. like... Yeah. As far as like a port would go, I think it's mostly it's gonna be mostly work on your programming team. But the special edition they did like overhaul a lot of the art stuff. So mm-hmm. that was a little bit more work. But like what they were probably saying with that is they had the, the code up and like so they knew they can do it. And they said, you know what? Let's just put I don't know, fifteen people on this for a year and you know, touch up some of the art stuff that needs to be fixed for like an updated you know, version. Mm-hmm. You know, at that point. That's probably some, something like that, you know. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, Fallout 3 and Fallout 4 canceled. Hopefully, in turn, this means at some point we'll see Fallout 3 resurrected. And now we turn our attention to Square Enix. So they decided to start hiring for, speaking of games that have been in development for years, uh, Square Enix is hiring for a core team for Final Fantasy VII Remake. This was a game announced, I believe, the hell was it? A hundred fifty years ago. Yeah, good couple of years ago, <laughs> and uh, it's been a wild ride with Final Fantasy VII. Between like everyone thinking, "Oh my God, they're finally doing the remake," and then it was just a PS4 port of the original one. Then we finally get this remake. Radio silence afterwards, and now we're seeing just core team hiring. Like it's almost like this game is clearly stuck in development hell, which yeah. happens with anything good Square Enix does. So. General thoughts on this, fellas. So they were high, like when you say their core team. See when you when you sent me this uh, this topic, I thought you said that I thought it meant like they were hiring the people who worked in the original. Mm-hmm. So you're saying that they're just now hiring their like for their, their team. core team, yeah, like the okay. team. You know, at least that's Ooh. what the article said. That's pretty ridiculous. Uh, it, as far as trying to get it out in a timely manner, Enix. Because the last podcast I did was about the Avengers project. Mm-hmm. That's why they announced details this year. Interesting. Forgot about that. I, I forgot about the Avengers deal. Like, see, that's a huge thing, right? And and yeah, uh, that'll make the rounds. But it's like Square Great. just does things and then gets them out just, way later. So I just got a notification from the Discord. Grim's just asked us if we, we did. You guys talk about Microsoft? We're still uh, talking. Yeah, <laughs> oh, we're about uh, to get to that. <laughs> yeah, so we'll, we'll carry on. I mean, it almost makes you wonder because sometimes companies will do something just to see what the interest is to like, you know, like bring that to like a meeting and say, hey, look at the response to this. Like that, like you see people do Kickstarters like for that reason, like, you know, they do a Kickstarter to prove that something is relevant and can be made money off. Like it makes you wonder if like when they do like a CG trailer for something like that or Cyberpunk, it's like, hey, well, I mean, Cyberpunk is a different company and everything. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like maybe it's just, uh, hey, you know, let's put this out there and see the reaction, you know. And prove like, hey, obviously this is a big deal. Let's put money into this, you know. So you never know. I mean, I think it's I think it's kind of crazy to hear that they're just now like trying to ramp up their team. If yeah. they announced that thing a while back, kind of makes no sense to me. I, I would have thought they were well polishing, maybe. But has, has there been any gameplay for that? Very brief huh. in a trailer. Very brief. Yeah, and it looks like Final Fantasy 15, which that combat system sucks. I'm sorry. 
uh, it's just holding circle, and then when it says block on the screen, you press square. Yeah, uh, so it's right. like an Arkham game. Holding B, pressing X. It's. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. I really did like the look of it. It looked great, especially on the well. I had it on the pro. Hmm. It really good. But, um, I mean, yeah. I, I like the game a lot. It's just that the combat was like the reason I'm talking about it. Like it's so fresh in my head is because I played Comrades, that uh, multiplayer expansion for Final Fantasy. And it was like Monster Hunter, but it was just the combat. You saw it again. It was like, oh my gosh, this just yeah. is not good. And and the fact that we're potentially seeing that in Final Fantasy VII Remake, it's like, oh boy, I'm not looking forward to that at all. The, the issue I have with the remake is because you have a game here that's going to be split up into three. And as far as I'm aware, there isn't a single point in, in Final Fantasy VII that... Um, it can end in that first third of the game. Think of like I don't know if you guys have ever played Final Fantasy VII, but like the idea of it ending when you get to like okay. I think it's called like the Shinra Tower or something like that. Like I just like a natural stopping point. Yeah, it type just, of thing. It doesn't make sense. There's there's nothing that sticks out to me. The cult, like the classic. Like I've actually played them on my Vita. Mm. Um, I remember playing one or two like when I was younger, but playing like a couple years ago maybe on the Vita, but. I didn't. I didn't play seven. It's obviously like a one of the classics or the, the best sport I've watched. So yeah, get the shit together, man. <laughs> I agree, dude. They're they're fucking up. They're fucking up. I, I just they keep you know they keep messing about with it. People people. Well, I wouldn't say lose interest, but they probably will. It's a bit like um uh well Kingdom Hearts three. It's just going on and you just you just lost you're bored away in mm-hmm. you kind of just get frustrated and just think it's either going to be completely broken or and it might yeah. be or it can yeah. get what happened to kingdom hearts and like once it finally starts getting the information it's that relief of finally here we go like now it's actually coming so i don't know if, if final fantasy 7 remake will get that same thing because a lot of it will be fans who have played the old one or grew up with the old one and been like, oh yeah, like this is this is what I've been waiting for. So, you know, that's worth keeping what, in mind too. Was Final Fantasy VII the uh, was that turn based combat? Yes. So, are they doing that in the new one, or is it like um real time? Like okay, like action similar to Final Fantasy XV. It looks like okay, yeah, yeah. I think that that makes it fresh at least. I mean, um, but yeah, I mean, splitting the game up into three parts making it like ep- almost like it's like you're releasing it almost like an episodic game at that point you know I, yeah that's just that's weird uh i, I have to think that's got to be just money you know i think i yeah. think they're thinking of money either they're thinking they don't want to make the whole game because those games used to be huge those wow. J- like jrpg so they don't want to make a like modern version of that because it take forever so it's either they want to try to make a bunch of money by splitting it up or they want to see if it does well enough to finish it you know, yeah. I think it might be the latter of the two. Like, I think they might just want to see like interest, see like how well this will do, and then be like, oh, maybe we'll finish it then. Mm. Yeah, because I mean, that's those games like JRPGs. Those are just notorious for taking forever. And when you had turn-based combat, and like you know, it was as far as like producing that type of game. You know, you'd use the same backdrops and stuff multiple times, and you know, you did, like. But making it full three D, you're running around. That's a totally different monster as far as how much production you have to do. You know, so that choice alone is yeah. probably has a lot to do with do with it. You know. See, I just I wonder if it's going to be like an open world game. Is it going to be 
more linear? Like, how big is, is Midgar going to be? Stuff like that. Are they going to add more to the game? Like, it's a remake, not a, a, a remaster, I think, which yeah. would be more of, like, just bringing the old game to new systems. I just, that that's the thing. I don't know what they're changing where if it's like, yeah, the first game is set entirely in Midgar. You know, it's a vast open world. There's a ton of quests. It's like, okay, so what's the point of this? Because I think a lot of people, what they wanted to see was Final Fantasy VII just completely upgraded, though. But, yeah. But I think the reason they're splitting it up is because you look at how, like, Final Fantasy VII is, I, I think it goes without saying, it's a big game. And the different locales you see... Uh, which require a ton of new assets and just the idea of that all being in one game it's it's so much i feel that like it's possible but i can see why they're scared i still think they should do it because it would it would be tremendous it would change this the landscape of jrpgs again like the first final fantasy 7 did it's just like they're going to take this approach because it's safer it's a business yeah i mean just I haven't seen the gameplay of it. I, I, I remember seeing some sort of CG trailer or some sort of teaser, teaser trailer a while back, so I, I didn't know that there was actually gameplay released. Uh, but I mean, if I could definitely see, like you know, you got like your your JRPG that had like an overworld, right? When you walk around, yeah. Usually, yeah. Once you know, so Midgar was like a little care. You were cloud, but like you could just walk around the world itself. So yeah. It's so like, I mean, having that change. Yeah. So having an overworld and then translating that into a fully 3D world where you have to actually populate it with things, not just like a, a you know a, an, Im- an image you walk on top of. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's that's a huge undertaking, especially since those games were allowed to be so huge because of that. Yeah. So then trying to translate that to a you know modern day AAA fully 3d open world thing would be nuts which you know could be part of the problem they said oh shit this is an issue you know i just don't know how you don't foresee that it's such a key component to the game it's like one of the people first do dumb stuff yeah. <laughs> uh, i guess yeah. shit man but yeah so square's hiring for the core team last but certainly not least microsoft is hosting their own e3 conference and by that we mean not like okay you know what they normally do every year they're they're one of the big spotlights every E3 along with Sony. But they're actually, like, leaving the E3 convention area and doing their own thing. Very similar to kind of what EA did, where they hold their their conference outside of E3. Uh, According to Microsoft, they're still going to have a very big booth presence. uh, But it's not... So it's not going to be entirely like EA Play, where every year they're they're in a completely separate section of, you know, having fans come in and YouTubers come in, and anyone can test their games. This is, uh, like I said, it's an entirely different. But uh, what do you guys take away from this? Seeing Microsoft take like a small step away from E3. That's why, though. So because obviously they've made it public now, haven't they? Basically, so I mean, that's why they've got a separate one for. Is it? I'm guessing it's. I'm guessing it's not public, right? Or is it? Is, you know? Yeah, the the booth is because. E3 is opening up more to the public because it's kind of, I guess it's apparently losing popularity or something like that. But Microsoft, so their own building, are they going to be like that's Yeah, yeah, like the press conference that we all watch on stream or TV, that's going to be in a completely different building, and then they're going to be on the convention center show floor where E3 is normally held with yeah. their usual demos and whatnot. So are they still, is it still like technically part of E3? Like, yeah. or is it actually like a separate like Microsoft event? Like, like so, like when we have E3 come up, 
is it going to be the case where Microsoft doesn't really show us anything because they're holding out for their thing, or is it is it still part it's of E three but like held somewhere else? It's still part of E three. Um, it says that they're still on the convention floor like normal. Um, here, I'll, I'll reread the article that I have up. So it says Microsoft announces big change to its Xbox E three plans. Uh, it will have a very different presence at this year's E three. Announced today that's moving the majority of its Xbox presence, including its annual media briefing and Xbox Fan Fest activities to the Microsoft Theater in Los Angeles. So rather than having a dedicated... Oh, I'm sorry, I, I missed this part. Rather than having a dedicated Xbox booth at E3 2018 on the LA Convention Center show floor, Microsoft is setting up shop at the nearby theater at LA Live. Microsoft said it will still have a meaningful presence at the Convention Center in the form of a new booth completely dedicated to video streaming service Mixer where you can play, stream, and interact with games and catch the latest E3 news live throughout the entire week. So I apologize. I, I missed the part of rather than. So they are they are doing what EA is doing then. Yeah, I mean, it's. I'm still not 100% sure what all that means. I guess we just have to see what happens when it happens. Because, uh, I mean, if they're, if they're basically holding back their stuff at E3, I think that's very bad. Like, for, uh, in general, like... I like having E3 as a place where everyone goes and shows their stuff, you know? Like, when you go to PAX, no one's really showing off crazy stuff at PAX. People are just going, showing up, and it's just like a party, really, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah, you know, E3 is like the, you know, I want E3 to still be that big thing, you know? I, but it's 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 almost kind of, I'm thinking that Lee would, might be onto something. Maybe it's, it, it could be that they're still, you know, doing their E3 stuff, in in the E3 conference, mm-hmm. but trying to make it so that it's more private. But you cool. just have to look it up online. So like, as long as they're still doing their announcements and stuff at the conference of E3 and not like a separate conference, I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it just I think it does just diminish the like uh, what really incentivizes you to go as a regular consumer. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're gonna go to E3, you want to go to those big conferences too, or at least have the opportunity to. If it just becomes another PAX, it's kind of not as fun for us, yeah. you know. As well as we spoke about Bethesda needing to sort of bring a lot to the table, I think Mark, Microsoft are sort of at least gaining a bit on Sony with with what they're doing, but they definitely do need some exclusives to really bump that up. Maybe take a bit more, um, take use a bit more power of just say the X because yeah. It, it is a really good console, and I like just say like the width. It, it looks crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Um, need. I mean, what? what when's Crackdown coming out? Yeah, they haven't. They haven't <laughs> a release date. I was gonna say my take of that is kind of like the opposite. It's a little more like I think that because E3 they opened it to the public last year, um, and it was like supposedly super packed. Like, there was so much people. Lines were huge. I feel like Microsoft is just trying to add, make it kind of bigger. Like, okay, now we have more space. You know, you want to come check out the Microsoft? You can go across the street, check out the Microsoft stuff. Go back there, you know, check out whatever Ubisoft stuff, you know. It's just expanding the kind of overall E3, like, showcase. It's it's still a part of it, but it's in a separate building so as to have a little bit more room to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, I, and I think maybe, I mean, I hope that Microsoft is going to kind of like, because they're like, oh yeah, we're going to go first, um, or well, I think Bethesda goes first, then it's Microsoft, but um, yeah. they're going to be like, out of the big three, they're like, we're going to go first, and I mean, last year they sort of tried to with like, I mean, every game said 
exclusive in front of it. Um, most of them were just launch exclusives or timed exclusives. But I think this year or next year, it might take because like exclusives. Here's here's the thing: like they don't, you can't just be like, oh, we're we're short on exclusives. Hey, Joe, can you just pop out another uh, exclusive for me, please? I just need that by tomorrow. It's like you know, it was like three years or four years to get one of those games. So maybe they'll announce like officially announce Fable Four, um, Halo Six, maybe. Um, that's a great controller. <laughs> um, whatever, like there's rumors about maybe a new Perfect Dark being done by the uh, the Gears devs that I heard. Um, the uh, Coalition. So maybe they're gonna, maybe they're gonna come out with like a bunch of big things and do their big thing this year. Yeah, I was just saying as long as it's still part of E3, you know, like because yeah, when you no, when, I, I, when you hear that tagline, you it's not super clear as what's happening. And so as long as it's still part of E3, that's fine. You know, I think it is. I think it definitely It's is. just that there's less on the show floor itself. So, like, yeah. the way E3 works is... I, it's like PAX in a way, where, like, you, you just see booth after booth after booth. But the like, E3 Convention Center is huge. And, I mean, like, some people go gung-ho. You know, when I went in 2016, Mafia 3 had one of the coolest freaking booths I've seen. They had, like, a, a band from the 70s there playing. Um, they had, like, this old school looking bar it was really really well done and it, it caught your eye every time so like i think this is a way of also maybe cutting costs a little bit because you don't have to invest in this huge booth you instead just own the venue itself so if people want microsoft they go to microsoft instead of stumbling upon it yeah. which i mean I, I don't know if that's because there are more general consumers entering ether it's not just a trade show where everyone around you is either a youtuber or a Twitch streamer, or they work at some gaming website. So, you know, I, I think it's an interesting choice. I don't, I feel like it's almost the, like we see so much now, ever since uh, Greg Miller left and made kind of funny. I feel like, you know, when you leave the big thing and make out your own area, it draws more attention in some way. Um, and I think that's kind of what this whole thing with like EA leaving and doing EA play and then Microsoft leaving and doing this thing in their, their own little building. Uh, it's still part of the E3 experience, but it's like maybe it gets more attention and maybe they get more feedback, more importantly, because it's it's more narrowed down there. Um, that's the other thing, because EA is all about that. They say at EA play, they get tremendous feedback. Uh, apparently, it didn't work out well for Battlefront 2, but <laughs> I digress. Um, you know, it, it, that, there's a good chance that some, some pros can pop out of it. I just don't fully grasp the concept of, of leaving the show floor. I guess it's no competition. That's what I'd probably chalk it up to. I guess whether or not that separate building is private or public, I think makes a big deal. But I think we don't know that. Like we don't, we don't know. Like, is it just an expansion of E three, or is it? I'm taking my toys mm. over here with my friends, and so like everyone that. else can't see that. You know. I like that. That's good. That's a good way of drawing it up. That's probably yeah. exactly what it is. <laughs> you know, because if it's private, then it's like, then you're making E three less special for the people who are going there, which yeah, kind of sucks. I- I think it'll be public. I can't. I can't see him being like, "Oh, okay, you know, we want. We don't want to be part of this." Like, especially with like the way Phil Spencer's been towards like consumers. Um, I would be surprised. If, like, no, we're gonna be the only one here who doesn't let the public in. Yeah, I agree. It'd be very puzzling. So we'll Let's see. see. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. It's it's only a couple months away. That's the crazy part. So 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 crazy how fast it's coming up. I know. And I mean, it's. I think that's why it comes up so fast on us because we have so many games to play. So it's just like time's rolling by with these games, and then boom, it's E three, just like that. So it's getting to be hype season. Does it get anyone else like a little interested that Nintendo's like the only game 
like they haven't announced any games for post E3 that I'm aware of, like besides maybe a couple ports, but like like first party games besides Smash, they haven't announced anything. I mean, Metroid has already been announced, but um, Pokemon for this way. I know. Oh, like I feel like they're gonna have a Nintendo director at E3. They're gonna be like, oh, by the way, Pokemon or something's coming out in December after Smash, or maybe it's coming out. I feel like they're trying 20- to spread it out, like probably next year. Either next year, there'll be Metroid or Pokemon, and then 2020 will be the, the, the last remaining one because they they have the chance to have like a big home run four years in a row, which yeah, not many companies are lucky to have like Super Mario, Smash, Pokemon, and then and then Zelda. Metroid, yeah, Zelda as well. Like you know, they, they, if they're smart with it and they spread the wealth every fall, um, I don't see them doubling up. Like I could see them maybe adding an Animal Crossing in. Um, I know that's kind of a big deal. I've been yeah. playing Animal well, they, Crossing for the first time ever on my DS. It's all right, um, but I know a lot of people love it. So, I mean, what, what were you gonna say though, uh, Basil? I mean, interrupt you there. Oh no, I actually I had a thought, but then it, it went away. Oh. I mean, <laughs> yeah, podcasting's great, isn't it? <laughs> I just need, um, they only need one big game though for an E3. That's that's the thing with Nintendo. Like, I mm. think was it they just have Zelda, and that's all they needed because it was obviously game of the year, like. And mm-hmm. kind of the, and it was great, but like if they were to just, they could do a whole press conference about Pokemon. Yeah, that, they, that reminds yeah. me. So like yeah. when when they had Zelda at E3, it was the year I went, and like they had, they had the biggest line of everyone, huge. So many people were online to play Zelda, and they had this sick like booth with grass in and stuff to kind of replicate the in-game areas. It was awesome, but I mean they had easily some of the biggest lines. But yeah, I mean the yeah, I just love E3. I'll let's. Probably the worst thing about not living in America. Mm. Hey, I live across the country from E3. To get there would be too much money. Yeah, it's yeah. an expensive trip. Yeah, I've never gone to an E3. I went to PAX for the first time. I think it was last year's, mm-hmm. but you know that was fun. But I would definitely love to be able to go to, the, to those on like a regular basis. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. This is like it's an experience. You know, it's a big crazy celebration of you know what gaming. Yeah. It's a party. Yeah, because like you know, I, I think of it this way: when whenever you like as a YouTuber, when you take out your camera in public, like some people are able just to disable that little switch in your brain that you're like, people are watching me on my camera and I'm in my own little world. But for me, like whenever I do that, I'm just kind of like, oh, like I can feel their eyes. Um, so I, I usually try to avoid it. But like when you're at E3, everyone is like walking around with cameras out. Like you're, it's almost like your home in a way. So like you can yeah. do shit like that and and feel totally. In the norm, like I remember, you're not getting like you're not getting any neg- negative extra attention type of thing. Yeah, it's not like what's that, or not even negative. It's just like what's that guy doing? Like you know, you're not trying to disturb the peace here, right? <laughs> so well, you get those looks like who's this fucking guy? Yeah, this? yeah. Because <laughs> like, like I, I remember when I when I did for my my Fallout Four VR hands on thing, like I was like just totally in my own zone, uh, talking in front of the the vault door that I had behind me, and it was just it was a really cool experience. And like I said, I just felt very at home and comfortable on camera as if I was sitting in here doing this. So, you know, that, that's what I get most excited about. It's like you said, it's this big celebration. It's like, you know, everyone's on the same page. It's a really interesting bubble to be in. Sorry, a bit off topic. Did any of you guys watch that? Um, well, listen to that interview with Todd Howard and that. Um, I actually haven't had the chance to. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I, should probably... I've heard it's interesting, but, like, he doesn't say anything about... Does not give anything away. It's so annoying. He's trying to say, "Oh, so what game would you like to work on?" He's like, 
eh, well, you know, and he just doesn't say it. You just think he's like, <laughs> like he's yeah. a, he's a master of the sidestep. I swear. I, I watch because I like with the Starfield speculation really ramping up. I've had to like dig deep into some other interviews and in the, the way they answer questions. Like Pete Hines is really transparent. He's really They're like politicians, man. Yeah, but yeah. like when Todd Howard's there, he's like, you know, like because I think I think. Danny Oswire was interviewing him, and he talked about Fallout Online, and Todd's like, well, you know, if you've had the idea, we've probably thought about it. It's like, like, then what else have you thought of? It's like, shit, you know? And so, they're, they're a master of, like, building intrigue without saying what they're doing. He did mention a, I mean, a sci-fi game years ago that got cancelled. Uh, is isn't in their studio, but that was, like, when he was making, like, Daggerfall. So. Wow. So, they have got probably even that same idea as them in the mm. Yeah. So, for those who don't know, like what we're we're referencing right now is uh, there was an interview that Ted Price, I think, uh, who who works at Insomniac Games, did with Todd Howard, and I I looked, I clicked on the link. I didn't have a chance to listen because I wanted to see if he did other interviews with uh, other game devs, and this is like a thing he does. So, Todd Howard was the latest interview, and apparently, it's a pretty good listen, and a lot of people have been sending it my way. So, I have to take some time to to listen to it. How long is it? Is it like a Quick interview, or? an hour, twenty minutes maybe. Oh wow! So it's a it's a pretty long oh, chat. It'll sort of yeah, I listened to it that day when you posted it. So mm. Interesting. Anyone will see um the Fable game, the Horizon. I hope so. I mean, I feel I I hope so, but I also don't think there's a chance of that because isn't it like really early in development? I don't know because the rumor was out this year. But I don't know if they've been working on it. Oh, okay, okay. I thought the rumor was like they started this year. Okay, so mm-hmm. yeah, then there's a chance. When did um, Horizon Three come out? Twenty sixteen. Yes. Um, because like they could have been working on Fables since that game. Like you know, maybe since they finished the DLC or something mm-hmm. like, or had a side team working on the DLC and then moved on to Fable. So they could be theoretically a year and a half or a year into development. Yeah, um, which would still be kind of early, but Microsoft does have an exclusive problem right now. So if they're like, "Hey, you know, yeah. it's a little bit off, but we got stuff coming," yeah, I mean, but every year they they've said it for the past three years, like this is the biggest E three yet, and they did yeah. it again. And I'm just like, guys, please stop. Like we said it. What said maybe this is the smallest one you're doing? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. Like, would you rather than be transparent and say like, "Yeah, we're not we're not doing much. Like, it's not gonna be special." It's- I don't know. I mean, like you have Bethesda last year. Like I don't, they didn't make any claims about three three that I remember, but it was still just super underwhelming. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, do you want to possibly set yourself up for something like that? Like you got to have some sort. I mean, like I thought Microsoft's E three, like even though they said it was the biggest one yet, I thought it had a lot of interesting stuff last year. Um, with like a lot of interesting type different games that you don't normally see shown at E three. Yeah, but um. Like, I, I didn't walk away from it kind of the way I did walk away from Bethesda's, where I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah but the, that, problem, that, the problem with Bethesda's last one, I think, is more that those type of games, with the, it's not that I don't want to push down those games, because they're, you know, they're definitely cool in their own right, but those are the type of games you see included at the Microsoft or the Sony ones. Yeah, you know, that's the it, highlight. Yeah. And so I think that's really the, the big like when especially when you have a studio that releases these monumental games. And then they don't, you know, show one. Like when you when you break off, and then you don't show one of those. I think it's it's kind of hard for people to really get with that all the time. Mm, absolutely. Just, you know, the room just say they didn't sort of 
announced or teased that smash if the next uh e, the e3 that's coming up if it was sort of you know you sort of heard things in the pipeline about smash and then nintendo didn't announce it, everyone would be disappointed mm. it was kind of you know you yeah. think are they gonna announce starfield and they don't and it's all that actually just yeah yeah, I think the didn't they also didn't they lie about Fallout Four and saying that they weren't working on it at one point when they were? Is that is that like something that really remember. happened? I don't remember that. I know that's just something I've read, and I don't know if that's true or not. But like when you read something like that, it's like then you don't know what to think. You know, for all you yeah. know, they could just be like you know messing with you. Yeah, yeah. which is also the frustrating. Case, that that article is probably buried because there's been so many articles about Fallout Four. If you try to like specifically, yeah. you'd have to have very specific keywords. Um, yeah, I mean, I just so I hear people bring it up in comments, but I don't know know if it's how true it is. You know, yeah. it's just something people say. So, but if so, what they say about Elder Scrolls Six out the window, right? I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like me, if they but... if they lie all the time, if like if they have like gone on record and lied, say no, nah, we're just not working on Fallout Four, and then it comes out that year, then it's like you can't take anything. Like it's like you have no idea, which mm-hmm. is it, it's exciting, but at the same time, it's just like it's it's kind of nerve wracking, mm-hmm. but also frustrating. You know, because you want to have something to look forward to, at least have an idea of something, you know. Yeah, that's that's the thing, too. It's like with E3, I don't want to know every game you're making. You know, I want I want some surprises. Uh-huh. Um, that being said, I don't want you to be like, oh, yeah, you know, we might be working on something. We might not. Uh, it may be this or it may be this. Like, say I, nothing or, you know, yeah, maybe like, give us something. Like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, well. It's only a couple of months away, and if Bethesda takes the same round as Fallout 4, then we'll see it in about two months ish. Yeah, really. So, how crazy is that? <laughs> so, it's a short window, and uh, that does it for all we have for the Ham Radio podcast. Um, that was a blast, fellas. Thank you so much for joining the show. If there's anything you know, you'd like to pimp again, fire away. Anything you're right. trying to promote. Yeah, so I'll pin my YouTube channel again, um, youtube.com slash crazyherb. And, uh, yeah, awesome. thanks for having me on, Maddie. Appreciate of course. it. Yeah, I mean, like I said, gentlemen, this is a last-minute thing. Uh, we didn't really expect it to pop up like this, so thank you for just jumping right on and, and, and being very talkative, which is always good. We love having talkative guests. That's, that's really helpful. Um, and I hope you guys had a good time. Yeah, I guess I'll just say, you know, thanks for having me on. I mean, it's definitely, a, it was a lot longer than I thought it would be. It was a ton of yeah, fun, same. too. I mean, um, but, you know, I already told you, I'm 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 available a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you need another last minute guy, you know, I, I love, I always keep up with the stuff. So I'm always ready to shoot the Absolutely. shit, you know. Absolutely. All right. And that'll wrap up episode 148 of the Ham Radio podcast. We need a hashtag. We forgot last week and someone tweeted at us and said, hashtag no hashtag in capital letters. So, what uh, shall we do <laughs> for this week? Oh, no. Hashtag big. Hashtag what? Hashtag big fan. Big fan? Big fan. Big fan. Okay. That's fine with me. Hashtag yeah. big fan. If you got this far, tweet at any of the handles you see on screen. And we'll catch you guys in next week's episode. Peace out. Bye.